raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. It's the Mac and Bone Show, baby! They're the best. Oh. I love those guys. This is my friend, Matt! All I've done is drank and held my rod. This is my friend, T-Bone! When Willie gets mad, Willie gets sexy. You're listening to the Mac and Bone Show on Mac and Bone Radio. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome aboard Mac and Bone Radio Show time on a Thursday morning as we get ready to rock and roll here today. We're going to sports it up. We're going to sports it up. We got college hoops from last night. Duke winning. Uh, Kyle Filipowski plays. And Tar Heel fans mumble stuff about he wasn't even hurt at all. <laughs> I've seen your messages. Um, uh, we've got South Carolina with a huge win on the road last night. They continue to have a dream season. Uh, uh, Tennessee, huge win against Auburn in a big SEC game. I'm telling you, Dalton Connect would look good in purple and teal. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about the Euro guys in the draft, and they seem to be the top players. But there's not a player from college basketball I'd rather have in the Hornets. And that dude is a bucket getter. He hit 39 last night in the win over Auburn. Uh, David Tepper is having himself a week. <laughs> he raised his ticket prices after a two-win season. And yesterday, the NFL PA reports come out. And everything looks pretty good for the Panthers, right, in terms of working conditions for the players, except the grade given to the owner. We will discuss that. Um, David Tepper and the Panthers also, uh, we find out about their plan to uh, create a 5,000-seat field house over there near the stadium uh, for th- events, training camps, stuff like that. So we'll talk about that, lay that out for you as well. We got a new college football playoff format. Haven't even started oh, good. The, haven't even started the 12-teamer yet. and they already, me. they already have a whole format, Bone, that they might be approving here uh, in the next couple weeks. For a 14 team to start in 2026. So we got yeah. that happening. We got Joe Lenardi trying to uh, expand the tournament to 80. We got that happening on ESPN.com. So we got things happening uh, to discuss in the world of sports. Um, what's up, Bone Man? What's happening? Oh, we're going to have today our favorite memories of the 12 team playoff. What do we like about it? <laughs> All it was was discussions, basically. But what it hadn't even seen the 12 yet. Why not just go to 16 and get it over with? Because that's where you want to go anyway. So skip over the 14. Just get the 16, damn it. The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature. Is this accurate right now? We are at 38 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. We were just at like 60 yesterday. How we go from 60 to 38? This is not February-type weather. Uh, actually, it is, isn't it? We're back to what it should be now, I guess. So. That's all right, man. You knew we could. We knew we weren't all the way cleaned uh, through the spring no. just yet. It couldn't no. be that simple, man. It could not. Um, all right. Uh, we also have to talk about Coach K and Roy reunited. West Durham did an amazing job with this one-hour special last night. Uh, they filmed it in the Greensboro Coliseum, and it was at the uh, North Carolina Coaches Association kind of gathering, 75th anniversary of that group. So it's a bunch of high school coaches 
boys and girls, high school coaches sitting there being able to take this in live. And we'll definitely talk about that because that was pretty cool um, as well. And at some point, Bone, we might have to talk about the show Love Island today. I am absolutely addicted. Y'all, love, is y'all, love is blind. Love is blind. Love is blind. Wrong love show. I keep doing that at the house, too, and my wife yells at well, me. Well, we can talk Love Island as well. I don't know that one. I, you, you're on your own on that <laughs> all one. All right, okay. But this show with all the Charlotte residents, y'all were trying to rope me into it last week. Uh, I have since then uh, got nine episodes uh, in the bag. I am. Bi- I have oh, not- I didn't get to see the, the two latest ones. Yeah, I'm not up to those yet either, but I have not binged a show like this, Bone Dirt, because I usually don't, during the week, I only watch like sports stuff usually like uh, sports stuff, family. Like I don't, you know, go coach soccer. Like I don't mess around with these silly shows usually during the week. I just say that for the weekend, but this show, not since tiger King, have I binged a silly frivolous show that wasn't related to sports in the middle of the week. I cannot stop watching this show and it's all people that live in Charlotte. I now gotten to the point where they come back to Charlotte yeah, so we may we may have spent a couple of minutes asking people, are y'all watching? This? And there's there's it, Mac. It's you you watch The Bachelor or you have a lot in your life, so you know that there are moments where there's a little bit of downtime, but then eventually that leads to the bigger moment. So you got to kind of as it goes along, there's going to be a little bit of they're talking, they're they're having conversations. It's like okay, let's get. But once it gets to the high moments, once it gets to either the arguing or whatever the drama that those are the best that you can get of reality TV. So once you kind of sit through some of the little down moments, they're talking, they're trying to figure it out. But once you get go along into the high moments of drama, oh my God, oh my. I get to tell because you. Because episode, episodes 10 and 11, it really, I had it really, it really gets blowed up. I'm right on the verge of that, man. I'm right on the verge of that. And I keep watching this thinking, do any of these goofy dudes listen to the Mac and Bone show? Like, I'm just like, any of these boys, FNZ, family members, um. Well, Clay Clay's an athlete, big Eagles fan, South Carolina All American. He's a sports fan. Uh, when he's out there selling his, renting his apartments and jet skis, he might be listening. Matthew, the one that went viral for being a little bit of an oddball, is like a former college football player. <laughs> he's so, probably Mac and what? Bone listener. Yeah, he's that a, nerd, that giant nerd that's creepy. <laughs> hey, is he, he, he was a, a Mac and Bone listener, two time captain of his college football. Team. Really, that Hobart, is cr- Hobart College. That is crazy. That is crazy. Um, I know far too much about these individuals as so well. So anyway, I, at some point, Bone, we will uh, spend some. We just did, but we will spend some time discussing that show because uh, I am immersed in it. But anyway, let's get into what happened last night on my television set. Bone Duke got them themselves a win uh last night over louisville um shot the heck out of the ball from three and again when you watch them in the ncaa tournament to me the number one thing is do they hit threes because if they do they can beat anybody in the country when they spread the floor out they're missing foster right now hopefully they'll get him back soon ah uh, he's when, in the walking boot on a scooter and i don't know how i don't know about him right now this is I, a severe that's one. not promising so this could be Coach a severe Cal- one. Shire said last night post game that he's heartbroken for him, and when you hear that at the time of the year that he's injured, I hope it's wrong. That's not good. Yeah, but but they, that, they that's get- one extra because because to me, like I was saying, they are at their best when they spread the floor, move it around, and guards are feeding off each other. One guy hits a three, the other one hits. Th- that's when they're at their best, and that is one guard that can hit the three that's taken out of their arsenal. 
But um, they nailed a ton of them last night, Bone. 10 of 19 from three last night. They take care of Louisville handily at home like they should. How about Jeremy Rowe shooting 47% from three on the season? How consistent, Mac, has he been? It feels like he almost has. I know he had the turnovers late against Wake. That kind of costs them. But yeah. I feel like every game he's kind of the same. You kind of know what you're getting from an experienced guy as opposed to maybe some of the freshmen like like Foster who they need but is more up and down. Mac, how about the game last night that, that I that I like to see because, um, you know, this day and age of college basketball, you never quite know where guys end up. But Sean Stewart is supposed to be the future of the front line, a guy that can rebound, defend. Sean Stewart last night, Matt, comes in nine points, nine rebounds, two assists in 11 minutes. Yeah, those are good. Oh, great see, minutes. This guy just oozes potential. You might not see it in full right now, but you can see where that guy's headed if he comes back year two, year three. But nine points, nine rebounds, two assists in 11 minutes last night. Every time he gets in there, he's doing something. And I like to see that as a guy that's part of the mix beyond 2020. Definitely. All right. So, Phil, this is what everybody was talking about last night. Kyle Filipowski plays, Bone. Did you pay attention to the Tar Heel? Really? Did you pay attention? Like uh, I mean, I did you pay attention I, to the Tar Heel fan comments, or did you not I, give a crap? I saw it, but I mean, I, I'm I'm moving on. Uh, it is what it is. It's almost like some fans almost would rather he be injured and out in a weird way. It's almost like fans you got- think that he faked it. He oversold it. He acted like he got hurt really bad and he wasn't hurt. That that's what that's what that's what fans that hate Duke are saying. I mean, they have they ha- that's in their guide. That's in their handbook. They have to feel that way. There's no other way they, they know how to feel. So I'm more concerned about the Foster injury than I am about what people think about Phil Powell. A fictitious get, injury. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure that Foster, I'm sure Foster, I'm sure Foster is probably faking too, right? Did Foster, did it, he's in a walking boot and, ha, and, and is, has a scooter. Is he selling it though? Is he selling it, Foster? Is he faking it as well? <laughs> no, because he's not, he's not Kyle Filipowski. So would you I believe that was a sarcastic so, question would you, you were being asked. Would you rather Filipowski be really injured then? No, the biggest, the, the thing is, do not make that big of a deal about it in the nobody, post game. Nobody, if, nobody said he was out for the season. They, they said he had an injury in the, in what happened. No one said he's out forever. It wasn't, it wasn't like a thing. They that, don't, they, it's this simple. Don't bring it up in the post game. Then you don't have to bring up the fact that you're injured. Cause you were you injured. You play. This so is you're the saying, thing. So too. you're saying, so you're saying he faked it. Then I believe that if uh, he, I, he, I, yes yeah. or no, did he fake it? Hundred percent. Yeah. So you're, you're accusing so, a guy of faking injury. Okay, that's fine. So yeah, this, I'll live on that. Okay, no, that's fine. It's fine. So you think there was no injury whatsoever, and they just. I kinda... mean, look, did his did his leg maybe hurt for a second? Yeah. Did for he have to be? Did okay. he did he have to be carried off the court? And make a big deal how, and do how, this whole thing where it basically became we're going to shut down do you, this part of the how sport. How do you know that? I mean, the the proof is there. The dude proof. not only played, he played 30 minutes in the game. I he played his average time. So nothing was wrong with him. No one ever. You, can, you can't be injured and recover in a couple days. You can't have something. No, go, you no. really can't. Not can't, something that severe. And can't, also, you can't bang knees and it bother you and it hurt in the moment and not. Well, no what, ever, what was the actual injury? Because John Shire told it was it was the ankle. Then he said, then Flip the, said it was the knee. It was the knee. So I don't know. I don't know what to believe. In the, chaos, in the chaos of the moment, it was that he left with it wrapped. So he sold it that well. Yes. Okay. So you're, you're calling a college kid a liar. Yes. 100%. Okay. <laughs> Flounder is. I don't care if he's Flander, a college kid or Flander, an adult you, player. You have he's to separate. You have to separate your message board. Like moving forward, at some point, you have to se- separate your message board mode from your radio on-air mode. 
You know what I mean? Like at some point there has to be like, okay, when I'm message board flounder and I'm calling these Duke kids horrible names, I, and then when I come on the radio and represent WFNZ, I got to be a little different because I don't think you can turn off your Duke hatred. Like it is, I thought your NC State hatred was the most unhealthy thing you had going. Your Duke, your, your Duke hatred is really like, I, I, I thought NC State was in their own stratosphere. They're even right now. Because they're, they're very even. Because like, we don't know what happened. He was banged up a little bit. He played in the game. I'm on live radio. I'm not going to tell you the guy wasn't hurt. And he faked he's, the he whole oversold thing. it. You know There's I mean? no it's question. The, like, it's, it's in the Duke hating lifestyle. They have to have it. Kay's not there anymore. So they have to figure out ways on a daily basis to hate. They wake up. I and, knew it. I knew it was coming. Second, I heard he was playing. I'm like, oh, here we go. They here they, we go. And then he played 30 minutes. He did. So, they, yeah. Yeah. Nothing but was no wrong. No one said with he tore his ACL, man. He he, See, he made a big deal <laughs> out of nothing. You have to wake up in your Ducate in bed. You turn off your Ducate in alarm clock. You get in your Ducate in shower. You put on your Ducate in shampoo. You text your Ducate in buddies, and you start your your Ducate in day. Well, you yeah, because you people probably, like you keep you pushing probably, the narrative. You probably so. have a dog named Ratface. You probably. We'll have twins eventually named Leitner, and Leitner sucks. That's part of the Duke hating guide. You don't know twins. what to do. You don't know what to do in your life, and not just you. Duke haters do not know what to do in their lives if they're not trying to get Duke in a game of gotcha or hating on Duke. You need it. You have to have it. You're obsessed. Tell me you're not obsessed. I'd rather focus on my team, but tell when me, you have a yeah, big old, like a big tell old me, dork tell that me, just tell makes me a big not, deal. Tell me yes or no that you're not obsessed. No. You're not obsessed with it. But Duke. aren't Duke fans obsessed with I, hating here's Carolina, the thing. too? Do you think I watched a single minute of the game last night? Just, I don't watch them play. So you, didn't, I, so you didn't watch the game, but no. you're judging how Phil Paskey How do you looks. not watch them play? Because I don't want to ever watch how, but them play. What's the, but what's the attraction the radio, like, to watching a team that I talk hate about, so much? How can you talk about Carolina and Duke when you don't watch Duke play at all? Like, So how do you know how Phil Paskey looked last night? I mean, he played 30 <laughs> minutes. The stats are there. The kid so plays. Just, so, so you know all that. Yeah, he's a faker. Oh, okay. Lord. Yeah. Unbelievable. If, if, when a Duke guest comes on the show like Shire, would you tell him that? Uh, 100%. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think no, actually, you will not, please. Actually, you will not. We will put you, we will lock you in a closet at that point in time. Listen, I'm fine if fans text the text line and and you run their good. That's what the rivalry's all about. So if fans text the text line today and say, oh, Filipowski really hurt. Like, I get it, man. That's the rivalry. But, like, Flam comes full bore on the radio with, like, text line, like, rivalry smack. It's like, whoa, there is a little bit of a line there. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter say that Coach K, just to be petty, would hold Kyle Filipowski out. And I got to be honest with you, I was kind of hoping John Shire would just hold him out so we could avoid all this. You could beat Louisville without him. That would have been the smart you know, move, but like, yeah. but but then again, John Shire, why does he care what Flounder and you know the inside Carolina message I mean, board thinks people, about him? You know what I mean? Like that's that's he's got bigger things to worry about than what rival it's, fans it's, it's care about. It's impossible to have something happen and feel better in four days. It's 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 never happened in the history of mankind. <laughs> A player cannot feel better in four days and play. Also, to be fair, I know his numbers look good. I thought he, I thought he he's always slow. I I didn't think he looked. I, I thought he looked a little bit off for some of the game. I didn't think he was as active. He was all right. I didn't think he was as active. Only had nine points. He didn't factor into the offense a ton. You know, he's a very active player. I didn't feel like he was as active last night at times. I just, that's my object. I'm, I'm being serious. I was watching him, and I don't think he was as aggressive and active as normal. Despite the numbers and the minutes that he played. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, because I, of that or not, I don't know. I find it kind of funny, the rivalry. I know you're getting worked up, Bone. A flounder is beyond worked up. He has been all week. 
Um, I just kind of la- laugh at it, but um, I-, I can't sit on the radio and tell you the guy wasn't hurt and he faked it. It was a whole show, and John Shire knew he wasn't hurt. Like I can't. Yeah. How can I do that? Like, what if, you know what flounder, flounder. That's not fair. What if an NC State fan or a Duke fan said Armando Baycott was faking injuries in the NCAA t- finals a couple years ago? They, maybe they're right. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they're right. When we come back, the Panthers do well in the NFLPA grades, except for one that involved the owner. We also have a training camp uh, update as well on what may be happening uh, at the facility facility on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Black culture feeds fashion, but fashion doesn't always feed Black creatives. I mean, only 7.3% of American fashion designers are Black. So McDonald's is pairing five rising Black designers with five fashion insiders for career-changing mentorships and the access they deserve. Because we can do better than 7.3. Together, we can change the face of fashion. Follow their journey on Instagram at wearegolden. Statistics source from Zipia.com as of 2021. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Mac and Bone with you. Getting things rolling here. Um, uh, very concerned about Kyle Filipowski and his health on today's radio show. Uh, we got to talk some Panthers. Interesting news yesterday in regards to the Carolina Panthers. Let's start first. Before we get to the NFLPA Panther report card, and you can access this whole thing like in detail, by the way, on the NFLPA.com website, they they have a literally the Panthers report card and a lot of details about why Bone, their you know, players association, in, you know, anonymous survey of players, why the the grades are what they are in every area. But we'll go over it. The Panthers organization seems like a pretty player friendly place to work, except for the top boss. He did not do well in, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to pass the class with the no. grade that he got. Those but, grades look familiar to me. Uh, <laughs> you you, you can relate to Tep Daddy's grade. This is the first time Tep and I are on the same level. <laughs> so, but, 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 financially. My, my dad did tell me that F stand for fun. You're having fun out there. Just keep uh, keep keep working on your grades. Oh, man, what a father you had. What a father well, you it, had. It involved other F words. <laughs> uh, before we get to that, which is very interesting and you know, the latest thing that is not great PR. Oh, for, he got a for, D, though. He got a D, though, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't go full F. Yeah. 
Um, but before we get to that, the latest thing that is not necessarily good PR for David Tepper, uh, I do want to mention what the Panthers, uh, the news, by the way, that got out yesterday. I think Joe Bruno was the first one to be on this. The Panthers have filed for, you know, uh, basically some paperwork, rezoning paperwork. Um, and this is pertains to training camp being held right over there by the stadium. Of course, they took the, the bubble away. I don't know where. I have no idea where that ended up. They said they were donating the bubble. So I don't know if one of y'all's neighbors has now a practice bubble that their kids can play in outside the backyard. I don't know. But um, this is going to be replace that area, a 5,000-seat field house um, that will be for training camp and for practices and maybe events. You know, they can house 5,000 fans. Um, it sounds like, Bone, when an event is there, it will include a restaurant and a bar. It's not going to be – I know Carboni was tweeting about this yesterday. It's not going to be like a place you can go on a random day you know, and hang out and get a drink and get some food or whatever. But when they're holding events there, they have the capability of, of opening up a restaurant and bar. Uh, could be they could open they could have kind of have pop up uh, you know stores and food trucks and stuff like that as well when they're having an event up there. Um, this will all be spread out over 12 acres of land, and uh, we know about this plan because those are public documents. The rezoning documents are public documents, and if something is a public document. Mr. Joe Bruno will find it. <laughs> yeah. Right? He will get oh, a hold of it at some point. There's nothing he can't find, no. Joe Bruno. Yeah. So this is interesting. It sounds kind of cool. Yeah, no. It's, it's going to be a different setup, unique. It's going to be, you know, obviously different than what Spartanburg is, but it'll be easier for uh, fans here that have work days to pop on over rather than having to take a whole day off yeah. and go to Spartanburg. The kids, you don't have to go as far. It's going to be a really cool experience, a much better overall uh, fan experience. Like I did have one fan upset. It was a Mr. Um, we get his name correct here. Uh, Shaked Bartal from Twitter. Your friend Shaked Bartal. He's upset that this new setup will not seat 35,000 people. Well, you need 35,000 people for training he camp. He says that. 30, How many people he, do you think showed up? He said Spartanburg fit 35,000 people. I had to explain that's a baseball, a high-end baseball game. <laughs> Yankee, when Yankee Stadium sells out, it's like it's like almost a little above that. Thirty-five thousand people. Where are we putting all these fools? Rock and roll. I don't mean to. Thirty-five thousand. I don't mean to come across like I don't care about Panther fans in the Upstate, but I'm just going to be really selfish about this right now because I feel like everybody in Charlotte should be really selfish about this. This is great. This it is really freaking is. great. The drive to Spartanburg, especially the hours of which I'm not complaining. It's an unbelievable job. I'm not on here whining about my job or whatever, right? But it's like, um, and I got some good gas station hot dogs on the way from time to time, Bone. Uh, some good QT breakfast sandwiches. Oh, yeah. But this is just so convenient for Panther fans in Charlotte. So give me all of this, man. Have training camp over there. It's new. I it's, think it's going to be great for it's, us, It's man. new. It's fresh. It makes sense to now. Here's my question, though, Mac. You know how every year... Uh, that annoying cowboy fan shows up with his umbrella, his his cowboy truck to Spartanburg. What happens to that guy? Does he still go there and realize that they're not? Does he just look at the grass now? Where does that? Does he watch Wofford? Where does that cowboy? You don't think that guy's trekking to does, Charlotte? Or does he show up here in the new the new you know? Yeah, you don't think house? he's trekking to Charlotte to show off his cowboy throwback jerseys and talk a little trash? Because he's got nothing else going on. <laughs> That's is he true. Gonna, is he gonna we show may up? have lost that fella. Is that, that guy, is true? Is he going to show up Mac, late, late July, pull in, and there's nobody there and go, man? 
Where did they all? Where did all my friends go? Oh my goodness! And friends, we use that term loosely. Yeah, yeah. We use that term very loosely. But um, anyway, as far as fans of South Carolina, not to totally neglect y'all in South Carolina, um, I think it's very key to to hold you know back together Saturday, you know down there or you know whatever whatever you might fan fest whatever you might throw down there too is kind of a little bit of an olive branch. But for for most of our fans that listen to us in Charlotte, I think this is certainly good news. Um, all right, so these NFLPA grades, Bone, this is the second year they've done this. And it was all over, you know, TV yesterday, all over social media yesterday. Um, before the combine gets going today with the D-line and the linebackers, this kind of became the biggest NFL story. And a lot of folks, you know, were talking about the Chiefs having the second lowest grade overall <laughs> in terms of NFLPA, uh, you know, grades. And what this is is, the NFLPA has a survey um, for all their for all the players, and it's independent um, or it's anonymous. It's anonymous and it's done by an independent group. That's what the hell I'm trying to say. And um, so you start to get an idea of how the players feel about their working conditions. Most of the grades are good or pretty good, Bone, for the Panthers. Like if you just run down treatment of families, B. Food and Cafeteria B. Apparently, they got a new chef over there. That's one of the things that the players were commenting on. New head chef over there. Uh, nutrition, dietitian, B+. Plus. Uh, locker room, C+. Plus. Okay. Training room, C+. Plus. Training staff, A-. minus. Weight room, B. Strength coaches, A. Team travel, B-. minus. Head coach, this is Frank Reich. It's based on Frank Reich and what the players said about Frank Reich and his availability to them. Um and stuff like that. A minus. How about that? So Frank Reich do was doing a pretty brutal job coaching, but was doing right by the players at least, you know, personally, that sort of thing for whatever that's worth. And then you get to ownership, and that's where we get a big fat D. Oh, jeez. Um, easily the worst grade the Panthers were given in these NFL PA report cards based on player survey. David Tepper was the 28th ranked owner, a 6.6 out of 10 rating from the players. And so you're wondering, okay, what's this based on? Did they not like him throwing the drink on somebody? What's this all about? Don't tell you the drink! Um, not like him meddling or whatever it is. The owner grade is based on willingness to invest on behalf of the players and front office sports or no one front front office sports had this but this was in it's in the actual you know nflpa panther report card that you can read um players felt forced to play on the synthetic surface that isn't as safe as grass and many of them believe the only reason they're playing on an unsafe surface is because it's cheaper to maintain for david tepper and that is the biggest factor bone that led to him getting a crappy D grade. But did they factor in concerts and the music that he, in, he invented? <laughs> that didn't factor into the grade. The music, Apparently not. Musical concerts didn't play a role in this whole thing. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not it's not shocking, Matt, that the lowest grade uh, is, is Tepper. That's also the one that you can like coaching and and ownership. Like some you we don't know. Right, there's some there that we have only those in there know. But from ownership standpoint, we can see from afar. From coaching, we can. Kind of, there's ones that you can kind of tell what there's internal ones that you have no idea about the cafeteria food. I'd like to try it at some point, but you just something you just, but the ownership. Yeah, we could see it. A hundred percent of the Panther players surveyed said they prefer to play on grass. hundred percent. Every player surveyed. 
David Tepper, your players have publicly spoken out, some of them about this. In a private survey, every player surveyed said they want to play on grass. You are the second richest owner in the NFL. You can make this happen, man. Um, he came in here, Bone. I saw Josh Klein tweeting about this. It wasn't when he came in. It was twenty. It was like it was whenever Matt Rule took over, and David Tepper was preaching about that was when he wanted to get the practice bubble right, and he said he wanted to spare no expense to have the best facilities around here for his players, and he has not walked that walk according to his players. The reason why he has this crappy grade, twenty eighth in ownership in the NFL is specifically because players do not feel like he is willing to invest money in them. How, what do you think that does for morale? You already are the worst team on the field in the NFL. You had a coaching staff that was going behind each other's backs over there. It was, it's been dysfunctional over there. You've got an owner that throws drinks on people. You've got an owner that meddles with, as other people try to do their jobs. How do you think morale is over there? How do you think that Seriously. affects trying to get players in the future to sign here? When a player exactly. when a player's a free agent, Mac, they all talk and he knows someone on the team and he says, Hey, you know, what what's it like there? Uh, you know what? It's great here. We got this, we got that. But our owner won't listen to us, you know, whatever they say about the surface. That player might go, Hey, you know what? That that will affect the ability to maybe sign a player. And if it if it affects one or two players that want to sign here, you failed at that. There's a good player that we, says, I'd rather go here than there because I don't want to play on that, you know, that's this is this is a this is a thing for the players now and future players. We already thought that players might not want to come here because it's viewed as a dysfunctional place because of the owner. Now you throw this on top of that cake? Like it's just it's I just I can't state enough how much better David Tepper needs to be, man. And, like, and, and it's crazy because I'm sitting here as a schmuck on the radio bone saying this, and this man is so successful. Right. So successful. What a what a story from rags to riches. Grew up not having hardly a damn thing and made himself into a billionaire 20 times over. But this ownership thing, like it's just amazing how much cleaning up he has to do of his performance as an owner. Nice job. Ted. Like, nice 24 hours. You raised ticket crazy. prices. You got ripped nationally. Your team is bad. And now you got a D. So, I mean, in the, the grade, that sounded weird, but you got a D in the grade. So, what, what a, a nice 24 hours. You raised ticket prices, <laughs> and you got graded at that low because, in large part, because you're stubborn. Stubbornness got you a bad grade. Is it stubbornness? Is it being cheap? What is it? Yeah, Combination you know of both, I mean? Combination of them yeah. both. And, and again, I, I just, it, is it his desire to have the concerts? Is it, is it? Greed for making money off other events. And he feels like I have to have turf. Grass won't hold up, but it's more important that I make money off these other events than that my players feel safe. Is that what it is? Yes, you, money is the biggest like, object for him. I, I don't think that winning, uh, to me, just from the outside, I think winning matters to him. But I think money is the most important thing because he is built as a business. You're not listening to 100% of your players. Not like yeah. 60% that, where you debate it 100%. I looked it up, Mac. That's all of them. <laughs> you but, did the math on that hey, for us. Hey, at least they got a good travel grade. There are team pilots doing well. well. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's a lot of other stuff on here like that makes the Panthers sound like an organization that players – it's a good environment for players. But there's David Tepper again dragging the grade down, dragging the, the average grade down. They're 17th in the league overall. 
but they would be close to the top ten, I think, if it wasn't for this Tepper Gray. They would be, yes. Like, and, and I've said, and, and why? What is the number one reason why the team has been horrendous? I feel like it's David. Like he just, and again, I, he is so successful in life. I'll never be that successful in life. But this particular job he has taken on, man, he needs to tighten his game up. Um, He's a magnet it, of issues because everything that goes wrong, Max, sticks to him. It goes yeah, right to him, right? Yeah. Everything we talk about always leads back to him. And I still think there's room to grow. I still think he can do this, but he's got to adapt. And maybe now he is. Maybe this offseason, Mac, is the most humbling of all of them from the season they had last year and the way it ended to the the criticism of needing to step back to the grades to the maybe now's the time that he really, really, really will listen. And st- we don't know that till it happens, but that's all we can hope for. There's nothing else we can do but hope that these things actually get to him. Will it? I don't know. Yeah, that's the question. Does he even care? Like we were talking yesterday about the raising of the ticket prices, and I was saying, you know, um, there's so much of a better way to play the PR image game with your fans. Like you could have used this as a moment to publicly announce we haven't been good enough and there's no way I can raise your ticket prices and I appreciate your support. We're going to get this going like but instead he just raises the ticket prices 4%. And a lot of fans texted the same thing in. He doesn't really care what we all say. Yeah. You know, so I don't know does he care that his players feel this way across the board about it or does this not register that's, with him either? That's a warm 100% you know? man. That's they're all telling you man. They're all Telling you, they've told you publicly. They've said it now in this in this grading. They've told you in so many ways. I'm sure they've told you to yourself. They've said it to the media. They've tried every which way to get your attention on what a problem. This You've is. been fined by the league too for your turf. Remember in, last in the, year the, in Detroit, the Detroit game. game yeah. yeah. So like, how many? I I, I don't understand. Well, what's going to have to happen? Is somebody have to going to have to severely well, uh, get injured? It's, it's going to take a major recording artist to tear their ACL before they make the game. <laughs> I swear to God, if Luke Combs hurts himself the next time he's here, I'm losing uh, it on tap. What's going to happen if a music star gets injured? Uh, hypothetically, it's Tep- Tepper goes. We got to make a change. We got to make a change. Uh, multiple texters pointing out uh, players can't like the fact that he's willing to put grass down for a soccer match. That's another thing, too. Like, and I get it. You're not getting Chelsea in here. You're not getting some of these international competitions without grass. It's just the way the sport has is played, Bone, um, uh, internationally, right? They just don't play it on turf almost, you know, exclusively. But um, it does, again, it's all about aesthetics. And it's one thing, aesthetics to the fans. Does he care? Aesthetics to the media, does he care? But aesthetics to your employees over there, that affects morale. That affects the way your organization is viewed. Um, externally, we do have to j- drop one more hammer here on David Tepper. Christopher hammer Ma- don't hurt him. Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Tep, you have gotten Mad Dog's attention. Usually he just lets the Carolina Panthers be. But yesterday on first take, Mad Dog Russo stood up for Panther fans. Bone, listen to this. I like it. How about Carolina and Tepper charging 4% ticket increase oh, for next year for the Panthers? Wow. I mean, you got son. Because they won some son, games? You got to be serious. You're not, you're not serious, are you? With this God-forbidden franchise that stinks, where you're firing head coaches, when you're telling everybody who to draft on draft day, including Young instead of C.J. Stroud. And I love Young, too, but that was a mistake. In a market that cares more about college basketball than the NFL, in a stadium that's a little old, and you're going to make them ante up 4% more. I don't care care what the percentage is. You should give them the games for free. 
and you're gonna even for exhibition games, you're gonna make them pay for it when you guys make a fortune when the NFL prints money and you're gonna charge those poor Panther fans four percent more? Four percent. That is a complete utter disgrace. And for an owner who has absolutely no good PR. Okay, that's the last thing you do to your fan base off a lousy year when you're throwing water in Jacksonville at the fans because you're upset that you lost to the Jaguars. You know what? I got an idea to fix our problem. Let's charge them more money to see the garbage that we put on the field. That is, a, I don't know who came up with that idea. You give them a discount off that kind of season, not a price increase. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know what you, a week what, for Tim when you've Daddy. got Mad Dog's opening rant. Uh, when he's on, when Mad Dog's on your mind for his opening rant, you've really done something there to get his attention. Mac, we got oh our we got our real man text of the day from Sal. Ready for Sal, Mac? What's Uh-oh. up? He's tired of the complaining of playing surfaces. Back in his day, they played tackle football on concrete, and they were better off for it. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Are you sure about that? That's, <laughs> you, you, he, seem, you seem a little dumb, he, sir. He has That's little, probably why. He, yeah, has, exactly. he has little little pebbles from the concrete still embedded in his knees, by the way. But he's a better man for the experience. Sal wakes up every day and says, I'm a better man today because I hit my head on concrete 30 years ago. Gravel <laughs> knees, Sal. Back, when we come back, we I guess do we... We say goodbye already to the 12-team football, college football playoff. I know it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, but we give our memories of that because it will say they might be going 14 in the future, and you have to hear the setup of how they may get to 14. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Playoffs? Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Black culture feeds fashion, but fashion doesn't always feed black creatives. I mean, only 7.3% of American fashion designers are black. So McDonald's is pairing five rising black designers with five fashion insiders for career-changing mentorships and the access they deserve. Because we can do better than 7.3. Together, we can change the face of fashion. Follow their journey on Instagram at wearegolden. Statistics source from Zipia.com as of 2021. Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Mac and Bone with you. Uh, during the break, Bone uh, Bone is teasing me with this Love is Blind show. Bone is, how many episodes you had to make? Three? Uh, they've done... Uh, you watched three more episodes done, than me. They've done 11. Yeah. Next week's the finale and then the reunion after and that. And you're so. teasing me, Bone. You're like oh, not yeah. telling me the details, but you're telling me some. 
details. I'm fired up. I'm going home to watch the two episodes that dropped yesterday, this afternoon. I got three more to catch up on on this show. Anyway, more on that coming up later in the show. I need to talk to somebody about it, so I need Mac to keep (laughs) walking faster, man. I'm going to try to. My wife's all caught up, man. She's ahead of me. She's all caught up on this. More on this later, whether or not anybody else out there thinks this show is addictive. should flounder. Or do you all think it sounds ridiculous? Should we help flounder type up a DM to one of the ladies and see if they respond? Oh, that's a no If I can pick, I would uh, like to pursue Miss McKenzie. She's uh, interested me very much. There you go. As long as she thinks Kyle Filipowski flopped the other day, uh, caused the incident, and was faking an injury, that is your soulmate. If you find a woman that believes all that stuff, Flount, that is your soulmate. (laughs) I don't know if she's a sports Sarah Ann might. I, I I think the pool of women that believe all that is very small. All right, really? but search for that. Really, go ahead and search for that. Okay. Um. Anyway, all right. You might have to put Fitty in a wig to find. To find I, I think to I'm find, gonna pass. To find someone else that believes all that. All right. Fitty, Fitty in a wig fo- sounds downright terrifying. <laughs> let me let me focus here on the details in regards to the college football playoff. And incidentally, when we start the seven o'clock hour. We're going to talk about postseason expansion in basketball because Joe Lenardi is on ESPN.com stumping. He becomes the latest voice to stump for more teams in the NCAA tournament, which drives me crazy. Um, here's more, a, more bracketology. It's what we want. Here's the deal, Bone, in regards to the college football playoff. Yesterday, ESPN wrote a story with the details on a 14-team playoff idea that apparently could be getting approved soon. Now, I know what everybody's thinking. Didn't they just approve the 12-team playoff a couple weeks ago? Yes, they did. The 12-team playoff bone will still be used for two seasons. Regardless of what they come up with here, you will get two years of the 12-team playoff. But in 2026, the the contract's up. It's a new contract, and this is where they're already looking to expand. Um, Does this annoy you, Bone, that we haven't even gotten a chance to see how the 12 teams works, and they already want to approve a 14-teamer. Because are they just wanting to get to 16 so they can do like a full bracket with no, like almost like a a March Madness region, like one through 16 where no one gets by? Is that where we're headed? Are we going to go? Because once we get to 14, Mac, are they just going to be like, let's just, get, let's just get rid of the buys and we'll just get to 16? And is that where ultimately we're going, that we're just getting to 16 eventually and this is just the path they're taking? I don't know if the ACC fans and I saw it on Twitter, are going to love the way that this one is proposed and constructed. So, Matt, this is your famed 3-3-2-2-1-3 format. 3-3-2-2-1-3 format. Chris Vanini on social media has more details. This would be three automatics to the SEC, three automatics to the Big Ten, two to the ACC, two to the Big 12, one group of five, that equals 11, and then three at-larges. So the Big Ten and SEC would have the most autos at three, Big Ten, ACC, two, and then one group of five, three at-larges. I uh, wonder who's driving this one. wonder who's driving this oh, one. Could it be bus. that brand-new advisory tandem of the SEC and the, and the Big Ten? And, and why wouldn't they? They're going to run everything in college athletics. Uh, it's, it's only getting started. Wait until they each have 24 freaking teams in their conferences and see who's driving college athletics. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to think. I'm just annoyed that we can't just let a 12-team playoff 
go out and see how it looks. God. You know what I mean? I'm just annoyed that before the 12-team playoffs even played, they're going to have agreed on a new system to, to replace the 12-team playoff in two years. I just it's it's annoying as hell. Now, in one respect for the ACC, you'd be guaranteed two spots. That might not be all bad, Bone. Yeah, yeah then, then the alternative, perhaps. Because the ACC and the 12-teamers guaranteed one, right? Yeah. Do, do we think they're going to get two every year? I would say no. More than likely, right? most years they won't. Yeah, you could be left out. You could so, be left out. So I guess from an ACC perspective, hey, we'll take two teams. It's annoying as hell that, of course, the SEC and Big Ten, you are going to have the most. But let's face it, with the Big Ten adding what they're adding, the SEC being as good as it is, I don't think it's unreasonable, right? That in the top fourteen every year, you're going to have three from each conference. Um, Notre Dame is also involved in this thing too, Bone, because of course they are. Um, Notre Dame, if they're in the top 14, they would be guaranteed a spot. Okay. I, did, so I, did, oh, I missed that part. Okay, top, yeah. Oh, you know they got to write something I mean, in for Notre Dame I was told, as well. I was told by the powers that be to not bring up Notre Dame in these discussions <laughs> with Mac in the 6 o'clock hour. <laughs> There's a fighting Irish 6 o'clock band right now for Mac. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, didn't know that. At least you get one group of five in there. I don't know. I just... I don't, I don't know if it's horrible flounds, but it's just I can't get past the fact that you didn't even let a 12-teamer breathe. Like, you haven't even let a 12-team playoff go out there and play out before you already are trying to add teams. It's just it's fairly annoying. Okay, so I've brought some strong opinions to the air, and this one will be a strong opinion as well. This is pathetic. So, yeah, we, we haven't seen what the expanded playoff is going to look like. It could look horrible. You could say... Oh, well, yeah, we have way too many teams. Now, I don't know if you would end up backtracking because of the money, but it could be, hey, we need to stay at 12 because we already are putting too many teams in the field. Now you want to go to 14 and you want to guarantee that the SEC and the Big Ten have all these teams in. So if the SEC outside of their top two teams feast on each other, you could have a team that has four losses making the playoff. Same thing with the Big Ten. How does that make sense? Like, if you're going to have 14 teams, try to put the best 14 in. I get you have to have the group of five spot. Wouldn't you think most years the top 14 would include at least three SEC I mean, you and three think, Big Ten? And don't forget, they've added even more. The Big Ten's added Southern Cal and Washington and like, Oregon. And I'm going fl- to be SEC. flat out honest with you. Are we sure the ACC's number two team is always going to be in the top 14? <laughs> no. Or are there times that the 20th ranked team in the country but is going to be, be honest, in the playoff and, and, and the ACC look, second spot? I don't want the ACC to fall apart. I don't really care. I want to see the best teams in the country have a chance to play for a national title. Not, oh, we're going to put a team in in the ACC that has, what, yeah. four losses on the season? Come yeah, on. I love the conference I champs. I like the 12-team playoffs. Yes. Like, I want to see yeah. it play out. Yes. I like conference champs getting rewarded, right? And then the rest is an at-large pool, regardless of conference. What, like you're saying, um, why do we have to mess with something before we see it? It's like, crazy. If it, That's if it, becoming college football, right? If it right? plays out and we watch it, and we're like, "Oh man, this needs to be adjusted." Yeah, yeah. We don't. Sometimes in this sport of college football, stuff comes up where we go, "Oh, well, that that might need to be fixed, or that's not working." If that comes up. By all means, add more. But can we at least watch it one year? Is it? It's just the weirdest concept. Could you imagine in any other walk of life where you come up, it takes you years, right? Multiple years to come up with a plan. Like whether this is like, think of it at your office, wherever you work, your industry, think of an example that applies. But you spend years working on an idea. You put it into practice. 
And before the idea goes into effect, you already are about to finalize the replacement idea. Like, it's just, it's just bizarre the way this sport freaking works. Man. Someone points out that will there be years where, like, eight of the nine could be from the Big Ten and SEC? Yes. They got three automatically, or six automatically combined the two. And then, most likely, the way it plays out, those three at-larges, where yeah. are they going to come from? Yeah, you can I know least... Notre Dame could be one of them, but... You could have eight or nine teams from those two conferences. And then, then, then you talk about domination of a of a playoff. That's probably what's going to happen. That's where people are going to rebel against this system is when there's a year where there's nine teams from those two conferences. But if they're in the top 14, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right? Those yeah. three at large has got to be in the top 14 in order to get in. The SEC and the Big Ten are so huge right now with the number of teams that they're going over- to get bigger. They're going to overpower everything. They're going to get bigger, man. I'm telling you. I, I fear a world where there are two power conferences. And it's the SEC, and it's the Big Ten, and that's it. And they branch away from the NCAA, and maybe that's not bad, getting the NCAA out. But it's like, I I just fear, Bone, that like the Big Ten is the NFC, and the SEC is the AFC down the road. You know, legit fears. So anyway, this is goofy. And and then we move to another idea that's probably going to make college fans ornery, this and this is gaining steam, it sounds like, Bone. The, the whole expansion of the NCAA tournament thing I seems mean, like yeah. more people are talking they, about it this they, year. They could get the 38 teams, 37 from the Big Ten and the SEC and Notre Dame at some point. <laughs> That's it. Good point. <laughs> Notre Dame still wouldn't be in the AFC oh, or the yeah. NFC. They'd have a whole, they could do a 64-team tournament, and then whoever comes out of that plays Notre Dame for the championship. <laughs> See, I got the little Notre Dame hate there, Mecca, like that. That's good, man. When, Keep that energy at 8 o'clock when J.J. Jansen joins us. I, I, oh, no, I forgot he's on. <laughs> if you didn't like that, idea wait till you hear about <laughs> the, the the 80 team ncaa tournament field idea that comes from the one and only the lenard dog of espn joe lenardi we react to that on sports radio 92.7 wfnz raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.